Welcome to the Language of Ahava podcast, a podcast for families with young children. So what happens when a rabbi and an early childhood teacher walk into a podcast? I think it's going to be fun, and I'm sure it's going to be about connections. Hi, I'm Karen DeWister, and I'm the early childhood teacher. And I'm David Steinhardt. I'm the senior rabbi at B'nai Torah Congregation. Every conversation that I have with Karen is always fascinating and leads to new ideas. So joining together with Karen, making connections together is really what our goal is. I thank you because what the perspective that you bring to my world and my experiences from the Torah, from tradition, from community, um, from parenthood and grandfatherhood, it's all magnificent. So here comes our podcast. Uh, we'll be posting every other Friday just before Shabbat because we want to make these connections with you. And when you give a little ahava, you make this world a better place. I'm ready, Karen. Let's get going. Here we go. Welcome to episode six of The Language of Ahava. Guess who I'm here with? David Steinhardt, the senior rabbi at B'nai Torah Congregation. And what a team we're becoming. This is really just getting to be more and more fun every week, Rabbi. Um, so our topic for this week is Shehekieno, the blessing for firsts. Can, um, I, correct, can I correct you? My pronunciation? Shehekieno. Yeah. Shehekieno. Thank you, Rabbi. So go ahead. Fill us in on the context of the blessing and, and give us the blessing, if you would. Sure. Uh, a lot of the people that are on now watching know that we recite this blessing at very special occasions and at new occasions. Some people will say this blessing when they receive a new car or a new dress or a new shirt. We'll say Shehechianu when we have a new baby. We'll say Shehechianu as we begin a new year. We'll say Shehechianu when we celebrate a special occasion. It's a really, really beautiful blessing. And what we can do, Karen, is deconstruct it a little bit. So maybe you, kind of, you want to like say something about what does it mean to enter into a new time? Well, I would like to know where the source of that blessing comes from. I mean, is, was, you know, I, I, in Judaism, the cliche is there's a blessing for everything. Um, so I love that context, but it's like what made the need for a blessing for a first time critical? Yeah. That's that's pretty. Uh, that's a good question. The Shechianu uh, blessing was developed by the rabbis uh, during a time where there was a sense that uh, life itself was so precarious, and that it was of great importance to respond to a life which was very uncertain, with a blessing to look at even in the uncertainty what we have now. When we get together, for example, on the high holidays, you know, I. I'll often say to this huge gathering of people, oh, we're really lucky just to be here. You know, we're the people who survived the year. Now, that, yeah. I used to say that before COVID, and I don't know if it had as much meaning as depth, the depth of meaning that it has now during COVID, because I think just about everyone knows people who died this year. That's not usually the condition of our life. And so we're thanking God for life itself. Listen, when we do a blessing um, and we say, Baruch Ata Adonai, there's a lot that's in those words. Let me tell you what I think. Baruch typically is translated as blessed are you Adonai. 
But Baruch comes from the root of Berkayim, which are knees, K-N-E-E-S. And so immediately when we say a blessing, we're saying that I can be humble at this moment. What we're saying is I don't control it all. Right. And once again, you know, we're in a time where we're, we're more aware of the fact that we have about this much control in the world. And then there's this huge world with all sorts of forces in it that are beyond us. So we're, Rabbi, yeah. let me interrupt you because there's a weight to this context that I didn't anticipate. Um, I will tell you in all of my naivete, I thought Shehekianu and some of the other blessings that are overly familiar to us was like saying happy birthday. It was a ritual that honored a special time. Um, but I don't think I appreciated the sacredness of each of those miraculous moments. I think you're right. And I think that ritual tends to become routine. And so, you know, we say it because it's a special time. So, hey, let's say Shehechianu for, you know, Aunt Martha coming to the house or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Um, but, you know, like as a rabbi, then I'm really engaged, not just with ideas, but I'm also, I, I also engage with words and language. And I look really hard for what's behind the words. What's the deeper meaning of the words? So if by saying Baruch, I'm saying we're realizing that we're not in control of everything. It's, a, it's an expression of humility. And then Atah is you. And so as soon as we say Baruch Atah, blessed are you, then we're entering into a relationship with you, whoever you is. And what we know is you is God. Um, the whole concept of God is one we could do other other podcasts about because I and we will people are people are troubled with the notion and I think about it in some uh, some terms and categories different than what a lot of traditional people think about it. So then the next is Adonai God. So okay, we're entering into a relationship with something beyond us, something that we cannot see, something that is. Uh, above us and within us, you know? So praised are you, God. Shehechianu, who has kept us alive. The Kiyamanu, who has sustained us. The Higianu, Lazmanaz, has brought us to this moment. Those are really beautiful, beautiful words, and it does something to us. Whenever you say thank you, right, you are bringing another dimension to the relationship. Karen, thank you for all all that you do. And my you know, ability to say thank you to you, Karen, and it, it not only you know, gives you a sense that you're doing something meaningful and important in this world and in this work and with us, but it also makes me stop for a second to say, you know, the appreciation I feel for you makes me feel better. Yes, thank you. And again, thank you. Thanks, thanks, thank you to you. We had talked about, and so part of the, I've got two points I want to wrap in here. One of the reasons I thought of this as the topic now is because in our family time classes, we do something called Rosh Hashanah Reflections, looking back, looking forward. And I thought all of that is wonderful, but it has to be anchored in, and, and when I think of and, and do the reading for the Shehekianu history, it says this miraculous moment. Thank you for this. And so 
what you just described was also described in the podcast with Rabbi Pesach, which was the pause, to, to stop and be present. And that expression of gratitude for one another for this moment slows us all down so that we can be present to each other and to blessings. It makes me think of the, there are types of meditations that involve a focus on the breath. Mm-hmm. So maybe when we say a blessing like this also, that it would be important for us to go. Yeah. Well, I love that because it's the breathe in the blessing and breathe out the blessing that, that we receive. And is there something about um, the Shehekiano that's about receiving because you had described the, not the purpose of the blessing, but as um, the gratitude for this moment. But, but it feels like, and the uncertainty. And that uncertainty, I have to be able to receive all that I don't know, except for this moment. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's a reflection also of like the critical notion that blessings play in the, the Jewish tradition one of the things that I thought of uh, once when I was driving home from here, it was the end of the day and the sun was setting and I leave the parking lot, I turn right and the sun is like bah, right in my eyes, you know. And I was thinking about this blessing that we say um, the Marif service where we praise God who uh, brings on the evening light, that there's an order to nature. The sun rises and the sun is up there in the sky and the sun sets so we know that, in, instinctively we know that, but the blessing itself then creates an awareness about it, which then gives us a greater sensitivity about the life that we live. But okay. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I'm some kind of a saint. I don't, I don't do it all the time. Well, the and fact, the I need that. that pro- I the fact that I do it sometimes sensitizes me to the experience most of the time. And that takes us to a question that I wrote down, which which is how do we live Jewishly every day when, I mean, yes, we want to be present. We want to notice sunsets. We want to realize that there is um, someone or something to be grateful for, for the experiences that we have and for every breath and for every sunrise and sunset to begin each day anew. I mean, you know, I mean, what could be better than starting a day grateful? But how, how can you, how did centuries of Jewish families do that? And how do you balance that without walking around in this prayerful cloak all day, which, which we aren't those kinds of, um, yeah, I mean, you're yeah, a prayerful yeah, person, but we're, you know, but but we do other things, and we yeah. laugh, and we sing, and we and we swear. work, and we drive cars, and we, you know, and we cook meals, and we go out to dinner, and blah blah blah. Yeah, no, we're not living the lives, you know, we're not living reclusive lives, and people that are watching this have chosen not to be in like very observant communities, but yet everyone who's watching this has a great sensitivity to life and wants the joy that life has to provide. And so there are different ways that different people can do that. 
there was a there were a group of Hasidim called Bratzlaver. They still are actually Bratzlaver Hasidim. In fact, it's it's gained a lot of uh, force again and and a lot of a lot of numbers in the more recent time. But they have a practice that they go out in the morning and go for a walk. And when they walk, they talk to God. They actually are encouraged to talk out loud to God. I, I thought about it. It's kind of like psychotherapy, you know, where you have a psychotherapist who's sitting, uh, you're on a couch and they're off to the side. I'm not talking about counseling, but psychotherapy. And you're talking and the, the psychotherapist might say, uh-huh, uh-huh, go on, without a response. But your expression then brings out the things that are found most deeply in you. That didn't answer your question. You say a blessing in the morning, you know, you say modani, or if you say a blessing before a meal, or if even saying a blessing before uh, you wash your hands, you don't have to do them all, but get the list of blessings, find one, find two, and use it, and it makes a difference. Um, I had a friend who was observant, and I remember him coming to my house and me giving him a glass of water. And so he took the glass of water and he said the blessing and he drank the water. And I thought I was really touched by it, not by it being like Meshuggah, crazy, but rather he was sensitizing himself to the most simple of all things to drink, you know, yeah. water. Yeah. Yet we're dependent on water. Yeah. So, and we've talked about this before with every tradition that we feel connected to every ritual that lends meaning to our lives. And at different times in our lives, we'll have different rituals and traditions and routines that anchor us into what's important or valued as young families, um, as, as the children's worlds get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I think it is just choose. We used to say that to, teachers starting a new school year, wanting to be better. Don't try to do everything. Just pick a place to begin and start moving towards that kind of awareness of being connected to your environment, to your class, to your co-teachers, so that you can bring, I guess, intentionality to, to life. And, but we, you know, we want to live with a blessing every minute. Because oh, because then we could forget about some of those struggles, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, it feels like trying to blend two worlds. It, it feels that way. Because we are so busy and we have so many obligations and there's so many things that we want to do, some of which we get to and some of which we don't get to. But maybe it kind of relieves some of that burden, that kind of the craziness of our busyness by virtue of taking a moment in that to take that breath, you know, to say a blessing, you know, that, that may be, that may be a way in and a way to begin. It may not have to go further than that. It depends on your life and the people around you and, you know, and um, the world you want to create for yourself. And, and it's okay that, there's a private world and a public world and they intersect in lots of different ways so that, you know, you might have some small family traditions within your home that anchor your family, you know, and, and again, that's all I think we need are these anchors, you know, to start the day with gratitude. I mean. Yeah. I have something really interesting to tell you, Karen. Okay. 
There was an elderly professor who lived a couple floors above me when I lived in New York and Manhattan when I was going to rabbinical school. And he was both a sociologist and a rabbinic scholar. He coined a term called normal mysticism. Hmm. And he coined it for Americans, American Jews, knowing that American Jews are living lives inside a secular society and still wanting to hold on to something from their past and their religious world. And what he said is, we do all, each of us has something mystical inside of us, a yearning for spirituality, but we dress like everybody else. We behave like everybody else. We're busy like everybody else. But he said, if you just say a short blessing before you eat a meal, you bring a mystical moment to that meal. You're bringing that which is divine to your table. And that he called normal mysticism. I love it. I love it. Um, it's perfection to just have these moments um, throughout our day. So my other question for you is with the with something that I mentioned before we started the podcast, and that's Brene Brown has um, a blog and a podcast on something she calls FFTs. And, and it is effing first times, which like COVID, those things that there's so much struggle because we've never dealt with them before. We've never experienced. There's the happy first times. The first time your child walks. The first time your first kiss. Your, you know, there's just so many of those moments, especially in families, where that you want to celebrate and you want to be present for. And, and maybe there's even a thing for working parents in this when, when a parent misses a child's first time to still hold some sacredness to that first time by creating a family ritual around it. But, but what about how, how can we use this blessing to help us feel better about a first time that throws us completely off our game, that feels, um, I mean, you would never say the blessing for a sad first time, would you? No, Shafiana is used for joyous times. Only joyous. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, right. okay, it, so what's it's, the blessing? You know, there's a blessing for sad times, actually. It's related, it's a blessing that's related to death. And it's praise to you, Lord or God, King of the universe. The word is Dayan Ha'emet, which means the true judge. It's like an acceptance of the reality of the loss or the sadness, knowing that it's beyond us. And then we move, we move from that blessing to respond properly to the mourner and to our and to our lives. So in the world of COVID, where we have these first time challenges, um, a new school year that's different than the last new school year, each new grade. I mean, well, can we can we have a Shehekianu for starting a first new year of a school year for a child, but also um, a loss for what isn't isn't there? Can you have both? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good question. I, I, certainly, we have both feelings. It, we don't always hold both of those feelings at the same time. Cheers. My middle grandchild is starting preschool um, in New York on Wednesday of this of last week. Starting last week on Wednesday, 
And I remember this great, you know, ambivalence that I felt like how fast time goes, you know, he's not a baby anymore. He's a toddler, you know, and there's a difference. And so on one hand, I was thrilled that he's going to have the exposure to school. On the other hand, you know, I felt like, oh, it's too bad, you know, how fast our kids grow up. The end of that era. Those of you who are parents, just wait to your grandparents until until your grandparents, you know, you hear old people all the time talk about how fast time goes. And it does. I have a I have a theory on it, but I'll save that for another podcast. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, so for today, we'll focus on the blessings of these first times. We'll focus on this this miraculous moment that we have each day um, as we begin. We're in the middle of um, of Rosh Hashanah. We haven't gotten to Yom Kippur yet. Um, this is our, our our Friday after the, the after Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi, will you finish with a blessing over the children? And what I like to say when you do the blessing at our Ahava Shabbat is when you bless the children, I like to say to the parents, imagining your imagine your parents blessing you so that we all have that protection and that light in the week ahead. And um, thank you for spreading this Ahava love into a new week for us. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. The blessing that we say for our children, and when we say those words, we hope that our children will get along with each other and be part of this a chain of meaning that we've inherited and we want to pass on. May God bless you and may God watch over you. That is, may good things happen to you and May you appreciate those good things. May you learn how to hold on to them. I'm sorry. May God cause his light to shine on you and be gracious to you. And that, I think, refers to the fact that we want to be blessed when we, we want to feel the rewards when we do something good, when we do something, when we do something well. But we also have to be able to accept the fact that we're rewarded sometimes just for being, you know, like we're here. We have the light. We have good things happen, and that's grace. I love it. Thank you, Rabbi. You're I feel... Well. I, I didn't f- do the last one. Right? Oh, please do. May God turn his face to you. May you be blessed with shalom, peace, wholeness, health, happiness. Amen. Thanks, Karen. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone. See you in a few weeks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today, for being part of this moment, for being part of these Ahava connections, and for trying to give a little Ahava to one another. Thank you to my co-host, Rabbi David Steinhardt, for always adding timeless wisdom and a meaningful connection to our world and to this podcast. Thank you, B'nai Torah Congregation, for being our community of support and a place to share with one another. You hold us together in a world that is too often pulling us apart. Thank you to Cantor Magda Fishman for your voice, your whistling, your song, and the soul that you bring to everything you do. If you don't know Cantor Fishman, please check her out at B'nai Torah Services. You will be transformed and inspired. Finally, thank you to the Jewish Federation of South Palm Beach County for helping to fund this Ahava podcast 
and Ahava Nature Shabbat, and to our Ahava Malahim, our angels, the families who also help underwrite these Ahava projects. For more information about B'nai Torah Congregation, the website is btcboca.org. You can also find me, Karen Deerwester, at familytimeinc.com. Until next time, Shabbat Shalom and give a little Ahava. Take care. When you give a little love, you see, you make this world a better place, a much better place to be. When you give a little ahava, when you give a little love, you'll see, you'll make this world a better place, a much better place to be. You'll make this world a better place, a much better place to be.